Welcome to Way Too Seriously, the podcast where we watch kids' movies and then take them way too seriously. I'm Paul Moffat. I'm Jan Moffat. And this week we're talking about a classic film that we probably will have uh, less to say about because what could we possibly say that hasn't been said already? That's right, we're talking The Wizard of Oz. We watched uh, The Wizard of Oz with our kids. Uh, they have both seen it before. Mm-hmm. Um, we had just read an abridged version of the book, and then they wanted to watch, we all, all four of us, wanted to watch the movie again after having seen the book. So I know uh, it is uh, annoying <laughs> to spend too much time comparing a movie to its book. Um, we might do a little bit of that yeah. today. I'm not sure... We were not sure whether we wanted to record a podcast about this movie. Part of the reason I I didn't want to is that The Wizard of Oz is not strictly a children's movie. Like it was, it's never been marketed exclusively to children. And I mean, that's difficult because obviously in 1939, there was pretty much no such thing as a children's movie. There was always, there were movies for everyone. It was a family movie. Yeah. That's a category that doesn't actually, doesn't seem to really exist anymore. It's not as much as it used to, that's for sure. And kids' movies didn't exist yet. Yeah. (laughs) But the reason that I was wondering whether we should uh, record is just that, you know, this is a movie that much has been said about it. Yeah. Do we have anything to say about it? I don't know how much it's said a lot of times, but let's just take a crack at it. Well, I mean, the thing that I noticed for the first time watching The Wizard of Oz, despite the fact that I've seen it, you know, a hundred times, is that it passes the Bechdel test with flying colors. There are five named women in this movie right off, right off the bat. You have Aunt Em, you have Dorothy, you have the neighbor, uh, Miss Gorch or Gulch. Gulch or something like that sounds horrible. You have Linda, you have the Wicked Witch of the West, which is essentially her name. You, I mean, you name drop the Wicked Witch of the East, even though she's dead. She's got, she's right there. So that's even six there. They have multiple conversations right off the bat, never about men. So there you go. It like passes, like I couldn't believe that like there's tons of female characters, even though you think of the main characters as Dorothy and her like three guys yeah, who might, are all male. You might think of the Wizard of Oz as having a bit of the Smurfette principle, which uh, for our listeners, what's the Smurfette principle? Uh, that's just basically when for a lot of TV and movies, when there's one woman in a group of men. So you've got the Avengers with only Black Widow. You've got, I mean, you've got the Smurfs with only Smurfette which is a glaring example of, like, there are literally no other women in this village. And for a lot of movies, that happens. And you might think of The Wizard of Oz as fitting into that, because there's the group of four, and one of them is Dorothy, and the mm-hmm. other four are... The other, are the other three are male. But uh, there actually still are, if we think in terms, terms of uh, making a movie, in terms of acting roles for yeah. female actors, this is a movie that gave some actors... Yeah. I think, jo- basically, if you take the movie as you're watching on the screen instead of, I mean, I know a lot of trivia about this movie and maybe that's, that's kind of general knowledge. I would assume. I don't know. I never know what that, what is and what isn't, but the trivia about this movie is, you know, these munchkins got paid collectively as much as Toto got played by himself. And he's a dog. Mm -hmm. There's all sorts of like, you know, health issues that happen to people in this movie. And like, so it wasn't, you know, in terms of how people were treated in the actual making of this movie is probably pretty deplorable. Judy Garland was bullied into an eating disorder over this movie. Yeah. 
And so, yeah, in terms of the actual making of this movie, probably not so good. But in terms of what you actually just look at on the screen, the story that is there, it's pretty progressive for 1939. You said when we were talking about it before, like, what's the other big movie that came out in that year? Gone with the Wind. So, and that's pretty freaking racist. <laughs> some, this yeah. is, in terms of race, as we said, you know, there's this is, is a very a movie that absolutely uh, ignores and erases any racial diversity. Yeah, but it also doesn't have like uh, this is maybe a low bar, but for the '30s, when you compare it to uh, Gone with the Wind, yeah, it doesn't have like. Caricatures, caricatures, yeah. and overt racism, and there was room to like if yeah. you wanted to, you could easily have Absolutely. made any of the like the Munchkins or the or the uh, witches minions, any one of the witches minions. Yeah, one could easily character. have made them a racist, racist character Absolutely. caricature, and it's not like you deserve a cookie for passing a basic bar, but there is something to be said for yeah. like dodged a bullet there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It really is. A, they dodged a bullet in a lot of places in this movie. And it is, yeah, it's surprisingly good for that. Also, I mean, in terms of the munchkins, if you think of that in terms of being a disability that they have, they employed and they had visible people, mm-hmm. they didn't, like, you know, you think about Lord of the Rings and they took, you know, some kind of short actors and made them look shorter with visual effects. Whereas the munchkins, they didn't have the option for visual effects since they actually had people True. And again, who have dwarfism. Yeah, in terms of visibility. I don't know how much credit you give yeah, to Munchkins. Because they, they, weren't, they were underpaid. And, they were underpaid, yeah. and even in terms of what you see on the screen, uh, Wizard of Oz more, the movie more than the book, makes the Munchkins like mythical creatures, mm. right? Yeah. In the book, they're a... Uh, small people mm-hmm. they're taller than dorothy but smaller than average people in kansas and the movie they like hatch from eggs right yeah you said they hatched from eggs i thought they were just coming out of flowers i didn't think they were hatching from eggs uh, I, uh, i'm pretty sure there's a part where there's they're like wake up wake up you sleepy heads and they're coming out of broken eggs Maybe they just sleep in big eggs. I just thought they were asleep. I thought that was like the nursery. They're yeah, like maybe sleeping. so they sleep in giant know. eggs. Anyway, yeah, that doesn't matter. <laughs> the point is, this is like the same. They're the other. They're the other. Yeah, it's the same. The like it's the thing specifically that I feel like every uh, little person actor until Peter Dinklage has had to play a fantasy creature because yes, you know. Short people don't actually exist unless they're magic. Yeah. Right? And the Munchkins definitely fit into that category, That's a good point. I think. But on the other hand, there is some visibility. There is some, like, and if you compare it to Lord of the Rings, it is kind of surprising that actually this movie probably does better than Lord of the Rings because mm-hmm. they don't pay them much, but at least they hired them well, for something. An interesting thing is our older daughter, who's eight, has been finding out a lot about how movies are made. She's always asked. She's very curious about how they make a live action movie and how, like, how does someone cry? Will they just make themselves cry? And how does this look like this? And she asked, like, how did they make all those people so short? And I was like, well, they really were. Mm-hmm. Like, this is like this. They don't, they don't have computer effects when this movie was made. And she was really surprised. And so she's, she's used to people are just changed by computers and they don't actually have to look like anything. Yeah. And they were both, they all, both the kids were like, how did they make their faces look like that? And I'm like, it's just makeup. That's how it works. Yeah. 
Definitely- I mean, obviously makeup has gotten a lot better, but I feel like computer effects have are still not as good as yeah, as agree. actual really good makeup. I agree. The I mean, if we want to uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> if we want to throw shade by nitpicking a movie from the '30s for its special effects, I never liked The Lion. Yes, he's weird looking. I've never liked, even as a kid watching it, I always thought The Lion was bad. Can we bad. can we segue into talking about The Lion though? Go. The he is just a dandelion. He's I'm afraid there's no denying. I'm just a dandelion. A fate I don't deserve. The sissy and he's kind of waving his hand, kind of like a gay and guy. He lisps. And he lisps. But then like, is he positive? Gay character? Like, is he just a gay lion? Well, definitely. Or, like, I mean, you know the uh, reputation of the Wizard of Oz. Well, yeah. It has been taken, but again, I think this is a big difference between how things, I don't think they get any credit for how they intended things, but the Wizard of Oz in general has been taken as a very affirmative uh, movie. The rainbow is from that, is it not? I think largely. Largely. And somewhere where the rainbow has a song, it's like a gay anthem, and a friend of Dorothy is a code for being gay or LGBTQ. Yeah. Yeah, I was just reading the whole Wikipedia article. So the lion, I think it's complicated, right? Yeah. Because he's cowardly and it's bad to be cowardly. Yeah. Explicitly in the movie, stated to be bad to be cowardly. But it also is explicitly stated in the movie by the end to be like, this is who you are. Yeah. Right? And that you're not, you don't need to be different from who you are to be courage, to have courage. And he exactly. definitely, I think, is coded, if not coded Gay coded feminine. Yeah, that's exactly it. Right? Coded fey, if not coded fey. gay, exactly. Yeah. Uh, and I definitely I agree. Yeah, and that was the first time that I ever really noticed that. Even though I know the history of Wizard yeah. of Oz, it was the first time really looking at it with that kind of critical eye. And it, was it to you? Like, you said it just now. It's a uh, line from his song that's jumped out to me too that I'm just a dandy lion. Yeah. The dandy. I mean some of the lines in And he made like a hand a very like kind of hand motion. Yeah. Very limp wristed. That's the word I'm looking for. I'm making the motion but you can't see it on the audio. <laughs> <laughs> limp motion. I mean it, this is the thing about art is the the lyrics in the if I only had a brain, but the other two, if I only had a heart and if I only had the nerves. The other two are not famous for a reason. The lyrics yeah. are pretty bad. Yeah. And the And they only had the nerve gets cut off halfway through. It's it's just that bad. And they like and even if I only had a brain, there are things that are clearly there for the sake of a rhyme that don't really make sense. Like mm-hmm. with the thoughts you'd be thinking you could be another Lincoln. I'm not the only one to point this out, but just to remind it. you know, Lincoln is well known for his intellectualism. Plus, how would he know about Lincoln? Yeah. And then so the dandelion could have just been a convenient rhyme, much like I'd be, what do they say? I'd be uh, brave as a, I'd be brave as a blizzard. I'd be gentle as a lizard. I'd be clever as a gizzard. I'd be brave as a blizzard. I'd be gentle as a lizard. I'd be clever as a gizzard. If the wizard is a wizard who will serve, then I'm sure. 
if the wizard is a wizard. Yeah. What? Yeah, those things, <laughs> yeah, those things don't, aren't those things. They just rhyme with wizard. <laughs> Blizzards aren't brave. Gizzards aren't clever. That makes no sense. No sense. <laughs> so Dandelion might be just an example of like, you know. Yeah. But might have been written as that. But having been written as that, it's performed as, and Dandy has a specific meaning, and he does the hand yeah. motion, and it's definitely associated with effeminacy and and you know the uh a particular femme gay man yeah it was just a lot to think about and then like what is what is negative in this movie is there anything i don't even know like i was surprised watching it how what is negative by which you mean like what do you yeah, want what to is problematic is there anything that, like taking it way too seriously what is problematic about it? Is I mean, the treat, the even on-screen treatment of the Munchkins, yeah, like what we already said about the yeah. Munchkins, little people are magical creatures. Yeah, the story obviously has issues of like Glinda showing up at the end with this Deus Ex Machina. Oh, it was in you all along. That's super lame. It always has been. Yeah, and again, speaking of things that we're not the first people to point out. Yeah, and speaking of that, also the like, oh, and it was all a dream. That's not in the book. Yeah, that, I mean, that's what I was watching this movie and thinking about. Uh, someone back in the 30s who was a fan of the book. The book had been out for 30 years before the movie came out, right. 40 years. So if you're a big fan of The Wizard of Oz, the book, and you will go and watch this movie, you would be so ticked at all the things that are like, <laughs> the shoes are not silver. That's like a central thing in in the book. And the shoes are... They make the shoes into ruby, and we know now, like, oh, because it showed up better, they're more beautiful, and the ruby slippers have become iconic now. But just but imagine no. if you went to see the Lord of the Rings, and Frodo spent the whole time chasing after the one bracelet to rule them all. <laughs> <laughs> it just seems like an arbitrary change. And then, the port that, like, and then everyone latches onto it. They spend the rest of every time anyone talks about it. Yeah, the Lord of the Bracelets. Isn't that what it's called? <laughs> no! It's <laughs> so bad. Like, I really wonder about those people who were... And then so much gets deleted from the book. And I mean, that's the same with a lot of adaptations. But I mean, it ends halfway through the book. Like, there is so much after the wizard leaves. Yeah, and that's why, you know, why Glinda suddenly shows up with the DSX Machina. The big story, the big question people always ask that if the red slippers had that magic all along. Why didn't Glinda tell her at the beginning? Mm-hmm. Well, in the book, Glinda and the Witch of the North are two different people. Yes, and exactly. the Witch of the North doesn't know that. And mm-hmm. they have to travel to the Witch of the South, who is the one who knows that the slippers have this magic. And that's why she doesn't tell her at the beginning. Like, yeah. It actually makes sense. It does. And, and, like, and there's various parts that uh, wouldn't be in, that aren't in the book movie, that you might be like, that was my favorite part with the little China people, and then it's not even in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> they add all this extra stuff at the beginning. In terms of going back to, in terms of what's problematic yes, about this yeah. movie, Let's go back to that. Um, this is a bit of a stretch, but the central message, like the moral of the story, the central message of the story: mm. there's no place like home. There's no place like home. There's no place yeah don't right. stray too far from don't where you stray are. too far from where not just where what you are like the subtext of the uh cowardly lion and the tin woodman and the scarecrow is i think a very affirming kind of you are who you are and that's it's okay to be who you are mm. but the end of the movie has 
a bit of the opposite kind of like the the dark side of that message of that be true to yourself message and the dark side of it is don't get pretensions to do anything with your mm. life you know and it's oh and it's significant that it's the female character that gets that yeah the male characters all are all firm that they were Very great all true. along and the female character goes don't stray too far from their kitchen stay at home if you're the male characters you've had courage and can do great things and are great and you've had what you needed all along mm -hmm. and dorothy what you needed all along was to stop trying to be something you're not and go somewhere you're not and do things you're not stay it's at great home to be a friend of dorothy but to be dorothy yourself not so not great. so great after that and yeah. that's true of a lot of these kind of books where a child goes off to a fantasy world and has an adventure and then comes home and has to live their life and you never show that part but like and I feel like that's another thing, again, not to be too in the, in the book, it was, but um, I feel like in the book, there's a lot more Dorothy wants adventure, enjoys the adventure while she's on it, wants to go back, like brings wisdom back home, brings knowledge back home. And in fact, there's a sequel and she goes back to Oz and she, right, in the movie that what people complain about The Wizard of Oz is really stronger in the movie of like, I don't care about all this wonderful adventures I'm having. All I want is to be home. Why? Just because. Yeah. Right? There's a bit of like, because Auntie M may be dying. What? Well, that's a lie. Yeah, that's absolute nonsense. <laughs> but like the the idea that it's so big in the movie that annoys people about the movie about like, I don't like my adventure is a thing that's actually problematic about it, right? Mm -hmm. Because don't have an adventure, don't learn things, don't stray beyond your front door. But all those fantasy people you met are actually people who were here all along. Yeah, and it's part, exactly, it's part not only of there's no place like home, but it's part of why is it important for this movie that it was a dream? Because you don't want to give the girl actual knowledge. Mm, yeah. Right? You don't want to give her actual knowledge. You don't want to give her actual power. You don't want to suggest that leaving your home might actually be good. So there's, I think that's something that might be. Yeah, that is something to, 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 to complain consider, about. To complain about when it comes to the Mr. Ross. But, uh, oh, yeah, I was. I, I'm going to say another thing about the other thing that struck me this time was Somewhere Over the Rainbow. Mm. Two things really struck me about Somewhere Over the Rainbow. One is how it got me thinking about songs in musicals that have been uh, anthems for LGBT people. Mm -hmm. And the three that come immediately to mind, two of them are Wizard of Oz, right? Mm -hmm. One of them is Somewhere Over the Rainbow, and the other is uh, Defying Gravity from Wicked. Right, yeah. And the third one that immediately comes to mind is Let It Go. Yeah. I'm sure there are so others. So we just did a recording of Idina Menzel singing Somewhere Over the Rainbow, and we'll be good. she can do them all. Okay, sorry. Anyways. <laughs> it's a whole different thing. <laughs> but it struck me, I don't know that I have a great insight about this, more, more just like I found it moving, mm. that how triumphant Let It Go is, mm. and how wistful Somewhere Over the, the Rainbow is. Somewhere the Rainbow is like, somewhere there's a place and yeah. I can't get there. And this is the song that's taken as like representing yeah. this community. And I'm kind of tearing up right now. Yeah, that, that. that's a really, like, 
And then by the time you have let it go, you have screw all them. I can be who I want to be. And they really can be. Hopefully (laughs) most of the time people can be who they want to be and not hide and not feel like the only place for them is beyond the rainbow. There's a place for them in this real world. Yeah, exactly. And they can let everything else go. They can let go of being, yeah. I hope that that is the way it is for people. We don't have first-hand experience, obviously, but that is really moving. You're right. But the history of of those songs... Something that struck me as yeah. I was listening to Somewhere Over the Rainbow and how like it's an incredibly un- incredibly bittersweet and even more so when you take it as a, a song that a community took as representing them. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think they almost cut it. <laughs> <laughs> Though, watching it again, that first, the black and white part goes on way too long. Oh, yeah? Too long. yeah, I hate the part where she goes and visits the like the fake wizard and then oh, goes that back. Goes that on goes on way too long. See, I always feel like the part when she first arrives in Munchkin Land is the part that goes on way too long. Where the Munchkins sing. There's all like, the singing. Seven, yeah, and the Hi Ho the Witch is Dead is good. Ding Dong was Ding sorry. <laughs> Ding Dong the Witch is Dead is good. <laughs> The other Munchkin songs are We're okay. Off We're off to see the wizard is great. Follow the yellow road it's is good. Not that it's it's that they're all it's that the Munchkin part is all singing. Yes, it's that they live in they're a musical community. That's very true. That and they only know how to sing. They don't know how to talk. The fact that it's all musical <laughs> is just like the fact that it's in color. It's a contrast to the black and white exactly. of Kansas, which is a good reason why they should have cut somewhere the rainbow. Yes. because the world of Kansas shouldn't be a musical world. Yes, but except that somewhere the rainbow is the best song, so you can't ever you argue. Can't. Exactly, in that no, you couldn't in the cut favor it. Of that. Couldn't and shouldn't. Yeah. I like all songs, except for the stupid lines on that part goes on forever. Too. Oh, that part. The if I were king. Oh, no. Don't, don't the, even say that. It. Part it's, of so the, it's an example of something I was complaining about in a book I just read that, like, when you do something badly and then make the joke that you're doing it badly, I still have to experience you doing it badly. Yep. So the joke in that is that he's singing in a bad way, like, he's. Why that's supposed to be yeah. funny is that he's singing in a hammy, uh, over the affected, top way. over the top way. But then I still have to listen to him singing in that way for a really long time, and I don't like it. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's it's just with old movies, they're just slow. <laughs> it's amazing. amazing how. Sl- I mean, it was okay. I, I was the surprised. Kids were never bored, so that yeah. was good. But there is some slow pacing. And when she first like walks into Munchkin World, and she just walks around for like. Five minutes. <laughs> like you would never get that in a movie today. I was kind of surprised, actually. I tend to be the first person to complain that old movies are are draggy <laughs> and slow and pacey. Uh, yeah, I'm the first person to complain. Then you make fun of me. But I felt like <laughs> on this, this was the watch of the Wizard of Oz that I was least bored yes. with the slow parts. Maybe that's a maturity, or maybe it's <laughs> I was paying more attention to it, or yeah. maybe whatever. But I felt when I was a kid watching it, there were parts of The Wizard of Oz that I was like, snore. Yeah. Uh, our kids don't seem to act that way. No. And I didn't feel that way this time mm-hmm. at all, actually. Yeah. Anything else to 
say about the Wizard of Oz? Um, no, I think we're good. We have some recording of our kids talking about it, so we might tack that on at the end there. Yeah. They're talking about their favorite parts and what they liked and whatnot. Yeah, try to get them to say something that might show up or might not in this recording. Yeah, we'll see. This part right now certainly probably won't show up in the recording. I'll edit out all this meta-conversation. I had the idea that for our ratings we could talk about is it good, is it seriously good? Okay, so like, what does that mean? We could talk about, you know, like... Is this movie a good movie? Would you watch it again? Yeah, it's good. Is it seriously good? Meaning, like, when we take it way too seriously, does it retain its goodness? Right. Is it seriously good? And so I think with Wizard of Oz, it is both good and seriously good. I agree. And some of the movies we've watched in the past are good, but not so seriously. I think I think maybe we should have it be bad, seriously bad. Bad, seriously yeah, good. Yeah, exactly. It's good, but seriously bad. Yeah. It's bad, but seriously good. Yeah. Wizard of Oz is good and seriously good. Yeah. I'm surprising no one. Like, it's a classic and it deserves to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other thought I had watching it that I have not really thought before is again a very unoriginal thought, but it kind of struck me in a new way. It's just like the scope of the production that this movie was unbelievable. The size of the sets and the dis- amount of costume design. Costumes and, the, and like, hair and makeup and... Oh my goodness. And the like special effects for the 30s to have these like crazy... And all the effects are like physical effects. Like they have her the flaming ball of fire that famously like actually burned her because they didn't think of like... They have her go down a trap door like it's the theater instead yeah. of like... Turn the camera off. No, you like, and well, and they get it. You know, oh, yeah, they, they deliberately because people are aware. People were actually savvy enough to be aware of yeah. that. So they were trying to get around those camera tricks, like yeah. famously when Dorothy opens the door and there's no cut, she goes from yeah. being in black and white to being walking color. into color, and there isn't a cut. And how did they do that? And like, yeah, that's well, we place. know yeah. how they did it. Uh, there was a. Okay. Do you know how they did it? How did they do it? <laughs> there was a uh, body double wearing a gray dress. So the really? first time Dorothy appears, it's a, bo- it's a double wearing a gray dress, and then she briefly goes out of shot, and uh, Judy Garland wearing a blue dress comes in and steps into the color. So you see from behind, oh, through the door, the door is all painted gray. Uh, they have an actress wearing gray, and so Dorothy and her world are all actually gray. From behind. That's crazy. See, like, you kind of give them did. some... Like, I mean, it amazes me, because, like, to me, I'd be like, well, they just took that part of the film and, like, colored it. <laughs> <You> <laughs> I, don't don't know know. I don't know how film works. <laughs> well, they did, like, they did actually physically color on film. That was the thing that, that they did. That's how they did lightsabers. Yeah, exactly. So, there is that, but, like, yeah, the amount... I was looking at the costumes in this, yeah, and, like, too. the costumes are phenomenal. Yeah. The amount of money they spent on this movie. <laughs> and here we are, and 75 you, years later. Especially when you it. think of it as, you know, most of this movie was not, in terms of the special effects, most of this movie was not much more complicated special effects wise than set up a camera and then film what you have actually done, right? Yeah, exactly. There's very little that isn't bad. Yeah. And so if you think of, you know, it's like putting on a play of The Wizard of Oz. That yeah. is this massive a production it really is. Yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah. It's amazing. Yep. So, both good and seriously good. And that pretty much wraps us up. 
It does. All right. So uh, from all of us here, it's way too seriously. <laughs> uh, keep taking yourselves way too. No. Um, don't take yourself way too seriously. Uh, Maybe we'll, just sign off. We'll teach you, my pretty. <laughs> I'm I'm Jan Moffat. You can find us on Twitter at at WTScast. You don't have to say at twice. Um, <laughs> and I'm Paul Moffat. You can still find us on Twitter <laughs> at WTScast. Uh, <laughs> goodbye. <laughs> and your little dog too. What did you think of that movie? That was pretty good. The witch is so beautiful. Glinda the Good Witch? Yeah. We read the book of The Wizard of Oz before we watched the movie. Is there anything that you think was better in the movie? They don't have to go to the witch. She just gets to... It just comes. And the good witch just comes to them? Yeah. Yeah. If someone's never seen The Wizard of Oz, do you think they should watch it? Yeah. Because why? So, the cat looks cute. Which cat? The cat, the Toto, wants to chase. Yeah, you like the cute animals? Yeah. I like the song somewhere with That song all about? Somewhere rainbow and going there. To go with Ale because she's bored of it. Um, she's bored of what? Um, um, Kansas. She's bored of Kansas. That's why she wants to go to us. Yeah. Or no. she wants to go to the over the rainbow. Sorry. Yeah. Is she says that Oz is over the rainbow? Do you think that's true? I think she's confused. How come? I think it's different. Why? Mm. What makes you think that? No. You're pretty smart. I think you have a reason. Why do you think Oz isn't over the rainbow like Dorothy thinks? I think because because no place can be because no land can be underneath under over the rainbow in Yale. Right. Anything else you want to tell all the people if they haven't seen this movie about it? No. Okay. Thanks for talking to me. What do you think of The Wizard of Oz? I think it's a great movie. I like how it like starts out black and white, and then it's colored. If it was your first time watching it, it would be really cool how it was just gray and white. And then she steps out of the door, and it's all color. It looks like... I think I really like it when they're like... She, like every part where she meets one of their friends is the lion, the scarecrow, and the tin weapon. Yeah. I really like them. I also noticed that they're like the three men. The one, the men, like in the farm in Kansas. Right. It's like the dream or something. Yeah. Like Oz is like a dreamland. Oz is a dreamland? That's something that we read the book before we watched the movie, right? Was Oz a dreamland in the book? I don't think so, no. Why did they make it a dreamland in the movie, do you think? Because it would be, like, more interesting. Is it more interesting? Maybe. I don't really know. It's just cool. It's cool but that like, it was all a dreamland? You can see how they're, if you pay attention to the faces, you can see they're the same. Did you feel smart when you recognized that they were the same? 
I like already recognize that. I know, but when the first time, is it like a little reward for audience members who pay attention? Yeah. What was your favorite song? I like it when they sing with them. If I only had a brain. Yeah, but it sounds like a happy song. Yeah. There's many surprises in it. There's many surprises in it. Do you think someone should watch it if they haven't? Yes. You'd recommend it? Yes, I'd re- I definitely recommend it. Is there any part that you liked better in the book than the movie? I like The Witch Has One Eye. All right. Thanks for talking to me.